this is Augusta Only Podcast on this Saturday. Today, unfortunately, no one's, no one's going to be joining me today. He left. Let's move on. We're going to be covering AW joining Warner Bros. Discovery Stream Service, a sponsor match for WrestleMania 39, Bryant Danielson on Vince McMahon asking about AW in 2020, and much more. We'll be talking about WrestleMania favorite moment, my favorite moments at WrestleMania, and a lot to cover. So stay tuned for, for Augusta Ali podcast. All right, all right let's go start with the Raw recap. Let's open the segment Seth Rollins versus Chad Gable. The post Rumble Raw opened with a video video recapping the events of the pay per view. Port Rose came out to a big pop. Then we had fans chanting, You deserve it, and his name is Deserve It. You already saw Raw, everyone saw Raw. So the American Nightmare talked about the journey that he had throughout his entire career, including leading WWE. He talked about the ups and downs, and he says it's been worth it. When he finished up, the Judgment Day music hit. Priest, Fowler, Dominic came out to taunt him. So the promo for Rose was good, but the stuff with Jumping Day came after was kind of killed the momentum. So Edge came out and attacked everyone on stage. Rose joined the fight, took down Balor, the show went on to break. So here, here we go. The first match of the night was Elimination Chamber qualifying bout between Rollins and Gable. As usual, Otis was a ringside to support his Alpha Academy teammate. Both of these men had sense of technical ability. So we knew this would be a fine encounter as soon as they hit the ring. They did a bit of everything is bad. We saw a grab submissions, high flying moves, a lot of strikes, a few slams, suplexes. This was like the sample of the pack of wrestling match. Gable got more offense and expected had counters for all of Rollins' biggest moves until he found himself being spiked with a pedigree to get the visionary to win. This was an outstanding match and it left a lot of room to grow up. They've ever faced each other again. So yeah, it was an outstanding match. I hope they face each other again. And they'll probably get better from here, you know. Something in my hair. Yeah. Alright, here we go. Cancel Ray versus Ayo Sky. Mia Min accompanied that kindness relay to the ring for her match against German Controls. Ayo Sky to help her even the odds against Bailey and Dakota Kai ringside. They do, these two know each other very well after having summer matches over the past few years. So they used to know trying to try to feed each other out. There were some slow moments, but most part, this was an energetic contest that showed off the skills of both competitors. There were some shenanigans outside of the ring with Bailey that led to Sky scoring the win. The finish was a bit of controversial, but nice to see Sky get the win because it felt like Jared Control lost too often. So, yeah, it was mostly like that. So, yeah, it's basically like that, you know. Alright, Baron Corbin versus. Johnny Gargano, Rhea Ripley, developer promo star, chose Charlotte Flair and her opponent for WrestleMania 39 Towson. She earned by winning the Women's Rumble. The next match was another qualifier for the Elimination Chamber. Johnny Gargano took down Baron Corbin, JBL, and Jackson Loomis were both at ringside for one. Both men played their strengths. Oh, Corbin focused on power moves, while Johnny Wrestling tried to use his speed and agility to stay out of the reach. One former King of the Rain upper hand kept her several minutes by keeping her gang around as much as possible. Took a slingshot spear out of nowhere. Our XT champion man has come back. So Gargano for the poor the victory by countering the end of days. Cradle, he had a little help from Loomis taking care of Jambo at Ariel at ringside. Mostly a clean match. So that was a great match. Mm-hmm. Good matchup between 
Gene Gargano and, and Corbin. So it was pretty much a great match, you know. I don't know why we bother. It's so, uh, you know, it's what it is, you know. All right, all right. The VMP Lounge and Rick Booth versus Miss. So maybe MVP was in the ring for first edition of VIP Lounge in 2023. He gave the usual trip before bringing out Austin Derry. Yes, the crowd booed him quite loudly as tried to speak. It was a kind of awkward exchange. Both men trying to get a few good lines in. Last eventually showed up. Theory was able to avoid the spear while pulling MVP into his path. The United States champion was still running his mouth and he walked away. This segment honestly accomplished the goal of keeping Theory Lashley feud going, but that's about it. And honestly, it's that good. The feud is pretty okay. So, so let's go to the next match. And again, the Lashley Theory feud, it was not about it. Next match, we saw the Miz take out a man who returned from Muscle Hiatus. Rick Boogs, the A-lister complained about being a suit and not being prepared. W official and Pierce made him work anyway. So yeah. Boogs was doing a lot of air guitar drums during his entrance in the match, was able to easily overpower his opponent. He powered the Miz up for a military press to a big slam for the win. This was better than a contest, but it was supposed to be anything more than a quick reduction to Boogs, so it worked out so it worked fine on the level. And yeah. Boston Reed versus Dolph Ziggler. Bailey was out for Rumble to talk about how she and Dan Control took out Becky Lynch last week during a women's Rumble match. The man came out to confront about being a coward. Lynch wanted to have the cage rack next week. When Bailey said no, the man brought out Dakota Kai with a chair wrapped around her ankles. She threatened to hit her fit until the role model agreed in the match. So Lynch told her to check on EO Sky to end the segment. The next match. Well, yeah, the segment was okay. We're going to get a women's cage match next week on Monday. So, yeah. So, okay, the next match was a third-man elimination chamber qualifier with Ziggler and Bronson Reed to fight. It was Bronson Reed versus Ziggler. Okay, yeah. It was basically Ziggler Reed fighting for a spot, you know. The show-up was a veteran here, so he was able to combat Reed's size and time. But he could only avoid the big man for so long. After a short exchange, read his splash from a turnbuckle, get the win. So, yeah, this was much quicker than expected, but it made Reed look good by being a former world champion so quickly. So, Reed looks very good. Yeah, Reed's a little big. Mm, yeah, that's Reed's choice. He wanted to be a star. So, yeah, it's what it is. And, you know, I don't know. Okay. Finn Balor versus Cody Rhodes. Let's go to that. The main event of the night. It was set up early in the evening during the Rhodes promo over the show. This was the first time he and Balor had been in a Rosang ring in a singles match. So the men's World Rumble winner has side sets on the world title, but the Irishman out to prove he is better than the Rhodes, so he views as a golden boy as everything handed to him. They saw it with a simple collar, elbow tie up, quickly more aggressive as the show went into the first break. Balor put a lot of focus on damaging the same pet that kept Coat Rhodes out of action for several months. The rest of the Germany laughed as Prince stopped in his chest. This was a great match. It would have been better with the rest of the heel getting involved. The friends were on the feet. Came out of a crushed break with just a few minutes left in the match. Edge revived, revived through the crowd, began fighting Prince and Mysterio. Ripley jumped on the R-rated star until the Phoenix arrived to take her down with a spear. So, yeah. And back in the ring, the American Nightmare avoided the Coupe de Grace for hitting the crossroads three times in a row to win the match. So this was an eventful Raw. We had Judgment Day. Meh. But 
the, the Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor was a great match. I expected more, so let's get let's get let's get more Finn Balor more often in the main event scene. We see you see more Finn Balor in the main event scene. And he's great as a heel. So yeah, it's underrated. His heel work is underrated. Finn Balor honestly I'm gonna tell you this. Finn Balor's heel work is underrated. No one understood, but it, he's underrated. He has great heel work. No one never checked Raw because let's be honest, Raw is shit. This is a Vince McMahon show at heart. Triple H just being his Vince's puppet. So it's what it is. So alright, let's go to my recap. The real wrestling show. We got Hangman Page versus John Moxley to start the show. We talk about the rivalry between Moxley and Hangman. So Adam Page wrote his latest chat to kick off Wednesday's show. So the battle between the former world champions, like they spread on the iron ring the floor and go spill into the ring. You know? Like like Page dominating the action, appeared at victory in hand multiple occasions. But Moxley, as he had done so many times over the course in his career, fought back from the oppressive attack of his opponent. However, Hangman cuts comebacks off and appeared to assault in assault to injury when he applied the Bulldog Choke to his really rival. Yeah, you know. The three try chat counter hole, trapping Page's leg and scoring the pinfall victory. From the honestly from an explosive pre match brawl to incredible physicality, the shoot once a bell rang, this felt like a grudge match between two guys who would not like each other. But we had the occasional confidence of a console page and the toughness on display by blooded Moxley helped us define the show stealing moment element. And people say the blood ruins match wrestling. Yeah, really that's stupid. Stupid fans. But it was finished when you saw the anti hero outweighs Russell's page that played out the Blackpool combat club influence. So the hustle between two competitors stressed that the feud is not over, and, and honestly, this is a good thing. It's like, given the brief direction between Page and Claudio Castanoli, give us a match that we're going back to hang and Moss would make for a tremendous stopgap. You know, like, mm hmm. And yeah, it's what it is. It's just saying, you know, something. You may have said, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know, okay, I don't know. The acclaim in action. Alright, Renee Capet, Capet, I mean, Renee Capet introduced the Bunny and AEW Women's World Champion, Jamie Hayden, for the elimination match for Friday's Rampage for this week's Rampage for Serena Tony Sapiro and Monor while attacking Britt Baker in the Kilon Garage. Back in the arena, the acclaim made quick work of the unnamed enhanced opponents by the tag champs were quickly erupted by. Austin and Colton Gunn, back and forth promo giveaway to Austin insulting his father, claim manager Billy Gunn, and Golden into accepting any AEW tag team out challenge on behalf of Ask Caster and Drew Bowens. So, this is definitely an upstick in the personal intensity of Austin rehearsing his dad's demons, but his fear is yet to strike a nerve. It's too early to revisit the program, and if anything, it almost feels like a step down for your claim. Much of it attributed to the fact that guns were not properly built into the genuine continuing duel. Of course, that earns up a little heat because they haven't earned child shot they would not receive. So, yeah, it brings more to this. And, yeah, I hope something did come forward. So, you know, this, the next week is something that will be different, interesting. So, maybe there's more to the story, this this story, and you may understand. So, yeah. All right, we go to... Kenosuke Takahashi vs. Brian Cage. Backstage, Guevara Garcia announced Garcia Guevara got in the match in Ricky Starks. May have to beat Angel Park, Matt Manor, either of them before we can have a match with Chris Jericho. So, Kenosuke Takahashi made an enemy of the Ring of Honor six man tag champion Brian Cage a week ago when he came to the aid of Brian Danson on Wednesday night. 
He battled the machine, the machine in a one-on-one -on -one action. The match saw Takashi on the defense throughout the commercial break as sort of dominated by the way of his unmatched power. The 27-year-old Bayface fought back, though they overcoming Ferraris to his opponent and the direction of Prince Nana on the floor scored the victory in his trademark jumping knee. The match was further evidence of Takashi's promise as a future star in AEW. The Japanese competitor proved himself against the top stars. Abilities meshed well with his own ring style, but rarely has seen a fight for underneath a traditional powerhouse like Cage. That and Machine is an uber, uber athlete that could do other things that his size can't add to the chemistry. But the match was evidence of Takashi's ability to adapt his opponent and live up to expectations already markedly lofty given his age. So, good, good stuff from both men who are surgically early in 2023. Now we, next, we go to Brian Danson versus Timothy Thatcher. Danson had a status as the best technical wrestler in the world challenge as he battled Timothy Thatcher at a catches catch wrestling throwback whose angling style is grizzled as his appearance. The American drag spent much, too much about nursing an intellect and damaged arm at Cage Regal targeted by Thatcher on Wednesday. He has even fought an opening. Danson struggled to take advantage of things like the pain course through the limb, with the ability to catch Thatcher on the on the mat, negated by the injury, Danson turned to a striking arsenal, rocked the opponent with a brisket knee for the pinfall victory. This is honestly a gutsy performance by Danson, who sold the living life out of everything. Thatcher threw and everything reinforced the idea that the winning desperately needed in order to continue his quest for an Iron Man match against NJF for the AEW World Championship may not rationally come. So that commentary team put Thatcher over as a major threat. There was no such thing as a bad dancing match, and this next week's contest against Bruce were not ultimate trend. This will be hard to clip with, then he got to accomplish in a grueling counter, though. One criticism, this was the second match in a row, and with a knee to the face. AEW coaches produced a need to review these finishes with repetition. This is the first time this happened on a so Diamond or Rampage. You know, honestly, yeah. And it is something like that. Alright, the TBS Championship, Red Velvet versus Jay Cargill. A win against Red Velvet with our TBS Championship. Jay Cargill victory number 50 with defeat spell and destroy and beat street. So, Velvet and Cargill linked each other ever since their last first match AEW. Deliver a physical contest from the start. The champions are power size. They managed to seize control during the break, but laid distracted by Kira Hogan, let Velvet take over. Miss Pumpfall by official Aubrey Edwards. Cat Cargill alive and then beating Enos scored a win off of Jade. Cargill is mostly a star who evolved for her eyes. She has exceeded health and the fact that she carries herself like the star AW Caesar as is helping along the way. With that said, it's time for her to accompany something different with her. The win streak is great and doesn't have an end, but the formula is growing tired, change things up, put her on the fence, let her rest of the match went underneath banner is deployed the same layout we were supposed to for the past year. So no matter how magnetic, charismatic, Cargill is, the odds will recognize the sameness, cut it out before it actually affects someone who tools present look on one of Ada's building blocks in the future. So yeah, uh -huh. it's pretty much that. Do something like new for Jay Cargill. It is most likely should. It should happen. Something new for Jade. Like, something new for Jade, you know? Something like that. That was a little bang because of the table thing. So, I'm saying. Okay. Made event. No holds bar match for the TNT Championship. Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe. 
Anyone who asks for a whole no host bar match with the angry and vengeful Samoja we relapse the consequences as that happens to the Wyatt and Darby Allen and Wednesday's main event. The 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 face painted daredevil of AW during tremendous beating as Joe thwarted every attempt at the comeback, small TNT championship, punishing him with a fury aided strength, overwhelming with his size. When it did not work, he simply out the thirty year old dodging like dodging his moveset and stuff. He mo- mostly his dives or using his own mem- all momentum against him. Ultimately, he drove Allen off the road and exposed the wheel of the ring with a muscle buster and the Bayface's latest cha- reign as champion. So, Samojo's reign celebration was short lived as Warlord returned, spurred a new haircut, displayed his fury. Samojo escaped relatively unscathed, but Warlord laid out the security and the show. This is all sorts of great. So, yeah. So, here's my thing opinions. Does AEW overdo blood? Honestly, absolutely. Are the hardcore matches are reduced? Risk and stay and fly too often. Church of America wrestles safely. Probably, yeah. Yeah, basically more like that. But in the right hands, though, those contests are hugely effective. And this was the case here right now. Allen outmatched about every way Joe by Joe. Relied on his... I picked up his ability and his willingness to endure punishment and endanger the opponent. But Joe turning against him being was simple and effective and had her home with the willingness of the Samoa submission machine. The appending rematch warlord should be a brilliant brawl. Makes way for a solid segue top bout for revolution on March 5th in that direction Tony Khan chooses to head in. Hopefully the victory can be heavily for Warlow who lost a bit of momentum to beating NGM and, and double or nothing. Last May, losing to Joe late in 2022. So, all in all, Dynamite was a great episode. So, yeah. It's pretty much like that, you know. So, let's go to the SmackDown recap. Alright. SmackDown kicked out with Roman Reigns. And the Bloodline headed to the ring. Fused to talk about Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. Who are not there with them. They headed to the first match of the night shortly after. Shortly after. Braun Strowman, Ricochet defeated Imperium. This was a great match. So this is going to be Strowman and Ricochet challenging for the tag belts. So, yeah. Backstage, Charlotte was said that WrestleMania would be epic for hyping up for a match with Rhea Ripley. Charlotte signed a developed rolled up said she would take the title away for Charlotte before WrestleMania and face Rhea herself. And it led to the match. Charlotte defeated Sardi Deville to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. The Bloodline was backstage. Reigns asked Jimmy where Jay was. Jimmy said he hasn't heard from him since Rumble. Romans ranted about running away from obligations. Reigns said so and Jimmy to find Jay and SmackDown continued on. So we go to the Viking Raiders beating the Brawling Brutes. So yeah, they won the match. The Brute, Brute Viking Raiders got the revenge on the Brutes. So yeah. Following the match, we saw a recap of the pitch black match between Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. After the clip, Uncle Howdy appeared flying Wyatt away, behind Wyatt, put his hands on his shoulder, and the later sat on the rocking chair. Yeah. And let's see, more to this. Okay. Natalia defeated Shotzi, Zelina, Shotzi, Zelina, Shabazzle in a four-way match. Yeah. Four-way match. Uh, okay. Backstage, Roman was addressing the bloodline said there was a lot of pressure on him at the moment. Say you need Jimmy and Solo to be stronger in the crisis. Roman sent Jimmy and Jay, Jimmy and Solo to the bus before heading to the ring itself to handle some business. Roman reigns out next. The crowd was 
change Zami's name. They would answer around and talk about Cody Rhodes decided to answer the crowd instead. He called Sammy ungrateful and greedy for a guy in a hood attack, but he attacked him. The mystery attacker turned out to be Sammy Zayn. He, he took Roman down for all on him and hit a big spear. Roman managed to flee before Sammy got in the mic, saying he never wanted anything from Roman until now. He was coming for the year for the title. Solo and Jimmy showed up, text Sammy, take him down, set up the chair around his neck in the corner. Roman came back, moved the chair before talking to Sammy, blaming him for breaking up his family. Roman said he would face each other in the Elimination Chamber, put the tires on his face, where SmackDown went off the air. That that main event segment was basically a great race segment. It highlighted the Bloodline storyline when it needed to be. And I, I want to see more Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns. I want to see Sami Zayn at WrestleMania for the AEW, for the Universal Champion or the WWE Champion. I don't want to face... Joining Kevin Owens to win the tag belts. I want to see him winning tag belts at WrestleMania. I want to see Sami Zayn challenging Roman for a year of championship. Like another opportunity at WrestleMania. Like for night two or night one. I want to see that. I want to sign it be win the big one. That's the bloodline story is all about. Sami Zayn. I don't care if Cody wins the WWE champion. I don't care. The goal is to get both belts off of Roman. Roman Reigns do not need both titles at this point. The bloodline satisfies his character enough. Both titles are not needed. Thank you. Thank you for my TED Talk on the bloodline storyline. With Sami Zayn, WrestleMania, and when. Alright, let's go to the Rampage recap. Let's see, recap. Alright, we got the Elite versus the Firm. Trios title. Let's start the show. Nick. Nick Johnson, Cassidy, begin for the team. The Trios Championship, Lee, the firm. Hardy and Mega squared off, had a nice game of counters, some of their signature moves. Hardy set up for the Musa when Paige took out Omega for him. All Eagle lived up his name, I only care about stealing everybody else's glory. All the matches definitely had some double team, triple team moments. It didn't evolve into chaos the way Trios matches you do in AEW. This is what I actually saw people obeying the referee main clean tags for the most part. Like, the match started relatively tame, but increased the tense as the tie went on. Cassidy came close to winning towards the end, but the BTE trigger ultimately put away to give the Elite the win. This was a fun opener, in my opinion. Some creative spots, good storytelling, and not being most memorable trailers match, but the crowd definitely loved it. Then we go to Matt Hart, refusing to break too many rules, but still trying to win for his team. It's a little fun detail of this story. It's not as simple as Matt Hart trying to sabotage his team. Because he's unhappy, so there's more to this than meets the eye. So we got Brian Pillman Jr. versus Swerve Strickland. Swerve Pillman were up next, and they had a joint exchange. Get things going. Both men are quick on their feet, so make every move look good. Suddenly, like, Pillman get the upper hand as a uh, show cut to the initial. Swerve's associate try to get hands on him. Before varsity blonde too quick for him. Our Swerve's British experience allowed him to turn things around. Looks too quick. He picked. To pick apart Pillman's knee, Parker and Dex help him capitalize on that by taking out Pillman's leg while referee was distracted. This will allow Swerve to hit double stop finisher and a win. So yeah, this is one of the better matches Pillman had in quite some time. It was over long, but still allowed both men to have some time to shine. Everybody did their job perfectly. Dustin Rose saved Pillman from a post-match beatdown. And it was pretty much you want in a in a matchup. So we got Saria, Tony Storm versus Renegade Twins. 
Charlotte Renegades made another appearance at that television this week and Tati Mexican Serena and Storm. Despite Robert trying to put up a fight early, Storm and Serena easily dominated the match and ended up winning without giving up arch offense to the Renegade Twins. This not by been a very long time, but it wasn't quite squashing. They called custom two on Rampage every week. The Renegades weren't able to do much, but survived longer than expected. The winner spray chained up a gal on each of the following posts at the segment. There's something that doesn't work with Storm being healed. And here's the thing. Like, she's too likable, doesn't appear convinced from the main face. Like, but that's my opinion on that. So we go to the main event. Roosh versus Christopher Daniels. So honestly, the first thing they did, they didn't they started doing away with split screen pre-match interview, but they still have Mark Curry says this is like every week. That's a little weird, you know? Like the main event saw like saw Daniels fighting Roosh in a battle of former Orange World champions. The match felt evenly for the most part. Took until a commercial break. He competitor to get a clean advantage. Danielson hit a beautiful suicide dive. Interference from Press Advance allowed Roosh to take control. So as soon as former members former member Dark Order got involved, it started to go downhill a bit. They relied too a little too much on outside interference, but it only made the referee look gullible. A little too gullible. And the following Angel Angel had a late match comeback after avoiding Vance and Joe's attacks, but only fighting the numbers Game so long because it gained too much for him. So, Roosh blocked the best muscle ever with his knees and hit a running drop kick and a quarter score of the win. So, this was a competitive match to skill performance. The antics and the ringside took away from the quality a bit. So, yeah. Jose feel like the most consequential manager in AEW. His team doesn't feel like you don't need him anymore. At least he caught Roosh's jacket when he threw it out of the ring. Yeah. Danielson always had Daniels on a great gear. His ring jacket was especially. Cool this week, honestly. That's a couple of things. It's fun when opponents have ring gear that looks like they coordinated for a match. Too many people use red and black in the main colors of their gear these days. You know what I'm saying? But then one other thing that I love the most in the main events, there was that slapping a man with a wild clash and cashing a hat was bold move, in my opinion. Yeah, bold move, my opinion. So, Rampage was a great show, you know. Like, it was a great show for Rampage, and you got what you need, you got what you wanted. It was a short one-hour show for Rampage. It was better than, than SmackDown in retrospect, so, yeah. And beside this main event segment of SmackDown with the Bloodline, that's a lot better than AEW at this point. So, let's let's get a re-disagree, you know? <laughs> Alright, that was the red cast. Let's do... Alright, one last before we go to the news, I'm gonna do some WrestleMania, favorite WrestleMania moments. Like someone from Twitter like followers sent me a WrestleMania moment. What's my favorite WrestleMania moment? Well, one of my favorite WrestleMania moments I'm gonna talk about right about now. The like the first one um, the first one was Stone Cold turning heel and joining force with Vince when he chair shot at the rock at WrestleMania X seven, it was seventeen at the time. There was another WrestleMania moment, like when Chris Ben won, won the World Heavyweight Champion in a triple threat with Sean Hunter. It was a great triple threat. Chris Ben won was like the Royal Rumble underdog. He finally won. But this quote, like, Odyssey years and cultivated to win the world title. It was a great moment for Chris Ben won. One of my moments, like, it was like something you like. Mm, more WrestleMania moments. My favorites. That was uh, the other one was like I don't know. Maybe it was something about okay. I did like the bikini contest. Some stuff they do. Women lingerie. 
It was Sable, Tori Wilson against two other competitors. I can't remember their names, but it was a favorite moment for me. And I got, I got some hormones kicked in, so, yeah. And, you know, honestly, we don't know how you feel what you do. So, yeah. Yeah, that was my moment. That was my one of my WrestleMania favorite moments. So, us. So let's get to the wrestling news. About let's let's just get to the wrestling news. All right. Um. Let's get to the wrestling news. Let's, let's start. Uh, Samoa Joe reflecting on WWE's release says he's considering retirement. So Samoa Joe has spoke about his WWE release in 2021. WWE released Samoa Joe, then brought him back. Samoa Joe is one of the main performers who left the organization at the wrestling day time and WWE made some changes to the roster. The next two months he was brought back. So Samoa Joe mentioned his firing for WWE while appearing on a guest summer at Ken's podcast sessions. He talked about he was fired for the second time and the fact that he just wanted to go to retirement at one point. He wasn't pissed at WWE. This was a war between Hunter and Vince. He was understanding, basically, yeah, like the reality. Like Samoa Joe, like felt like he, he said he wanted to retire at point. And then AEW offered him a lot of money, and he just took the offer and abandoned all his morals. It was a joke by Samoa Joe, but he did sign with AEW or Rage one point. So yeah. It's basically like that, so it's what it is. So I don't know what it will be going forward, but yeah, it's wrestling how you feel. It's wrestling how you feel. It's wrestling what it is. So yeah, pretty much, pretty much like that. Oh, so yeah, that's pretty much more Joe wanted to retire at one point. So. Alright, Triple H, now the Triple H says this background was great. So, Hunter took over WWE career direction after Vince McMahon's 2022 retirement. He still does, oh, even after Vince McMahon's shock return to the board of directors, even to the board of directors. So, Vince McMahon's return to WWE after a brief retirement shocked the wrestling world. And many assume Triple H might not be a fan of his following the return loss for WWE based on Stephanie McMahon's case to resign. That not seems as to be some of the case. While taking on the latest WWE Vince's calls, Paul Levesque, at the highest on WWE's positive numbers on social media, he made a note of saying that Vince being back around has been great. He talked about that having Vince is back. He had incredible insight. He talked about insight. But pe- people hope Vince McMahon remains not in WWE career since return. But it's one you can wonder especially how long that will last. So let's 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 hope how it stays longer than that. So we don't know how long it'll last, so be worried. Alright, next on the card, um AW reportedly considering our streaming service, likely with Warner Bros. Discovery. It appears that AEW will soon let me get to that. Okay, AEW will be recovering, you know, something like that. Like, basically, alright, alright, here's what it is. AEW reportedly consider a streaming service, again, likely with Warner Bros. Discovery. So it appears AEW will soon be available on the US streaming service, even though they'll do their own platform by licensing the streaming service. Right to a service, as WWE did with the Peacock for Signia Fee. 
the history of AEW with debuted in 2019 is covered in an article by Bloomberg AEW President Tony Khan. In the article, they note that AEW considered a streaming service likely to one of our discovery. In March, Khan acquired a small but respectable pro wrestling company, Ring of Honor, from Sinclair Broadcast Group, Inc., for an undisclosed sum, adding a new couple of wrestlers, some intellectual property, and extensive live video library. AEW is also considering starting a streaming service. That leads to a deal with its broadcast partner, Warner Bros. Discovery Inc. According to person fellow of management things, who has not been named last year, AEW broke 100 million annual revenue for the first time. The person says, television agreement between AEW and Warner Bros. Discovery allows for broadcast AEW, Nightmare on TBS, Wednesday, the Rampage Rampage on TNT Fridays, YouTube currently hosts AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, traditional pay per view, view at VR. Both for lock after review events in the US. So yeah, AEW is going great. They have a broadcast service with Water Brothers Discovery on APL Max. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much uh, it's going forward. AEW is doing strong. And it's pretty much it is what it is. Okay, Brian Danson on this man called asked by AEW in early twenty twenty. Brian Dennison says he told Vince Man that it feels like you're not watching a wrestling show without any wrestling. Speaking to William Burn article release Wednesday, Dennison revealed that in early 2020, Vince Man asked if you see anything that he would do better than us. At the time, Dennison on paternity leave, he said spending the next two weeks at AEW primary for a slapping man. The conclusion of the claim to AEW committed more time to place more value on the craft of fighting the ring, trust the WWE primary. Typically, of all sort of matches, places greater passes on longer type segments. Maybe you're watching a wrestling show without any wrestling. They just said to make mad about the wrestling product. So, yeah. They brought Ryan Dance had a talk with Mr. McMahon about AEW back in 2020. So, they talked about understanding the craft of wrestling. They talked, and it's what it is. So, yeah. Basically, yeah. It's probably more like that. Yeah. It is what it is. Honestly, did it did this more well, honestly, yeah, it is what it is. The last time you Diane Bryant went to WWE was in twenty one on SmackDown when he lost to Roman Reigns. <laughs> career versus title match. So yeah, it was career versus title. Anyone watched it? Okay. So, okay. You already know his first AEW match, AEW match took place at Grand Slam uh, at a time of the job with Kenny Omega that night. So, and what it is, the infrastructure of the match. So, okay. WWE VP confirms brand sponsored match for WrestleMania 39. Another sponsored match similar to the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match for Rumble looks to be taking place at WrestleMania 39. The Hollywood Report published an article Thursday night sports review for WrestleMania 39 current standing between 14 million Sandman record for the event the interview to come from a brand sponsored match. The WC VP ahead of Global Sales Partnerships, Craig Stimmel, spoke with Outlet about the company's plans. I won't do too much, but it'll be around a match sponsor of that match about to bring that to a match. He says, We're gonna do things that fit inside of 
good side of our storyline at WrestleMania 39. It's a feature sponsor, Rose Event Press Conference. They talk about having a post match conference with sponsors here. See here. You have Mountain Dew, Royal Rumble, they're going to have a get WrestleMania, Steinmel said. So we know that Pepsi Take Two, Spar Snickers, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch are signed to sponsor the event. And Stemma also said that Sarge's ability for WrestleMania 39 is already 40% higher than it was with WrestleMania 38. It's all about tracking sponsorship and stuff, portfolios, and basically all of that stuff. Basically, <sighs> we're going to Cinnamon Toast Crunch kind of matchup, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Blacklist reportedly working both WWE Elimination Chambers and WrestleMania shows. Blacklist reportedly said to work both WWE's two PLE Chamber and WrestleMania. So I don't know how active Blacklist is, you know, like it's basically how active he is. Like, like, like basically, yeah. Blacklist or it's soon that Blacklist and Blacklist are face off. Like, yeah, we had dumb, we, we don't know it's from Dave Meltzer, we shouldn't, we don't know if we should trust his ass, but, I don't know, maybe if, if Meltzer was more, you know, I don't know, so like this, you know, Meltzer, you know. But, I'm excited for wrestler, for Lesnar at Chamber and WrestleMania. So, what it is, is how it goes. Uh, Triple A talks about having this back around WWE. Well, it's the same thing. This Triple H loved the same man. He's not touching creative. This is not touching creative. It's good. All good. It's the same thing. A little different, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically like that. And when you do, when you know, it's how you do, how you do. <laughs> so, again, pray that Vince does not take control of his creative. Be, be pray. Pray for it. That's what you need to do. Alright, let's go to the last one of the news for the week. The Saturday podcast. RHTV tapings. Reports at the beginning of the end of the month. So on March 22nd, 22 episode of Dynamite. Tony Khan announced about RRH be bought by RRH from Secure Broadcast Group. Clearly brand assets into the property, video library, among others. Since then, RH has held three pay-per-view events, those being Supercar of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, and most recently, Final Battle. However, many fans have been pitching and waiting a full return to weekly television for the company. So, profile for Select. Sad Pierce, that though weekly artists programming is on the horizon, and Will White Washington reportedly heard that TV tapings are set to begin leading up to Supercar of Honor. Here, one year after Tony Kamasi had purchased the company, yeah. Tell I've been told that our taping to take place are Orlando, Florida during the last weekend of February. The time we hear back from under assumption that we are Universal Studios, but regularly feel dark. There's no one within the report. Voice of the Wrestling Peace reported our TV taping for set to begin on February 25th, 26th, and now seeing it confirmed. Additionally, Michael stated about Voices of Wrestling have been given much time with high available time take out those two dates. The belief that currently those tickets will run up to the upcoming Supercard of Honor pay views set to take place on March 21st, 31st. As far as talents, I expect a feature of the Boston Tickets and the Tom Bings are concerned. 
Pineville added a several AW company talents for signing on back as far as last spring with intention of finding home on the ROH programming. So yeah, so AW's Tony Cost still finding ROH programming for the TV home, so it's is has gonna be. Uh, you know, honestly, we don't know and how it was. So so this is Augusta Ali Podcast. I'll see y'all next Saturday. Goodbye.